the Bondcast. Bondcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody. It's the Bondcast number four. Here we go. Happy Halloween. Uh, that was just yesterday. I guess it's uh, it's All Hallows Day today. Um, huge, huge celebration around the world, I guess. And um, yeah. Anyways, it was a pretty low key event. Halloween 2020 with the COVID. The the, the dreaded COVID. It really did keep the kids away, and it wasn't just in my neighborhood. Um, I'm pretty sure it was everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Um. Anyways, yeah. So I left off. I left you guys hanging in uh, on Bondcast number two with a couple. I told the story about how I almost died. Um, in in the rainforest in in Costa Rica, and then uh, I kind of I I put in. In between, you know, I said I would talk about it next episode, but I put in the uh, Theo Fleury interview in between there. So uh, to keep you guys hanging a little more. Um, and that was an amazing interview. Thanks again to Theo Fleury. I love that guy to pieces. And um, he really was a great interview. And I got so much great feedback as well. People were like, it sounded like you two have known each other forever. Um, and that certainly isn't the case. I've never, I've never met or talked to him before. Uh, but yeah, he really was an amazing, he's a, he was an easy interview. Now I'm not taking any, uh, discrediting myself and my, my <coughs> interviewing skills per se, but, um, he really was fantastic a great storyteller and a lot of NHL players are, and I think just athletes in general, and, and you don't get to be, uh, a motivational speaker and such, if you will, if you're a shitty speaker. So, yeah, thanks once again to Theo. Now, let's get back into the thing. So the the last uh, I was talking to you, when I really talked to you, was uh, I told the story about how I went into anaphylactic shock an hour up a mountain in the rainforest in Costa Rica. And the girl, uh, Natalie, saved my life. Thank Christ she got me to hospital with a minute to spare. Doctor said you came super close to dying. One minute you would have died from asphyxiation uh, from being stung, stung right in the throat there for some crazy wasp guy in the goddamn jungle. <laughs> Anyways, I can laugh about it now, but it really was the closest. Well, I don't know if it was the closest I've ever come to dying because by the, two, the next two stories I'm going to tell you now, the first one I definitely fucking almost died. Uh, the second one, mm, you know, it was never dire straits, but listen, I was cooking internally and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, so let's fast forward a year later after Nat saves my life. Um, this was February of 20, 2016. Okay. Now it's February 2018 and, um, no, sorry, 2017. And, uh, I meet Nat and her husband, uh, Wes, in, uh, in in San Juan del Sur, in Nicaragua, okay? I've never been there. I was supposed to go there with Natalie, but um, after after almost dying in the rainforest, I wanted to end my trip. I'd already been gone two months in Costa Rica, and I, it was time to go home. So I uh, I go home and then meet Natalie a year later, okay? So here we are. We're in Now we're in Nicaragua. And uh, she's been there a bit with her husband already. They've been backpacking a while, and, and we meet up, and we have a hell of a time. Uh, we welcomed, they welcomed me into San Juan with a huge bang. We partied for like, pfft, I don't know, five, six days straight. Uh, just had a grand old time. They took me all around San Juan and different areas, different beaches. It was really cool. It was really cool to check out. And I kind of fell in love with the place really quickly. Um, anyways, about a week later, we, we all rent motorbikes and, uh, well, we'd already had motorbikes, but, um, we, we hop on our bikes and we go, we go about an hour and a half North to a wicked, wicked, amazing town. So a little surf yoga town called Gigante. 
Um, and it's a nice ride up there. It's about an hour, like I said, hour and 25 minutes or so up the coast. And uh, you don't really see the coast too much, but you um, you go through this cool little town called Rivas, and then you, you head back out. You kind of go inland a bit, and then you got to head back uh, out towards the ocean. And Yugante is right on the ocean. Such a beautiful, cool little town. It's literally one dirt road is Yugante. There's no... There's no, like, anything that you would think of, like, a modernization at all. Um, anyways, we had a great time there. It was so it was so different than than what you would f- see and, and deal with in San Juan del Sur, which is a bustling, uh, cool little village town um, that, that's full of tourism and cruise ship port, you know, the whole nine yards, whereas Yugante is this dirt road with a couple of um, – you know, little bars right on the beach and, and cool little like bed and breakfast or, or, or hostels, if you will. Anyways, we, we got a cool, we stayed in this cool little cabin with a couple of people that Wes and Nat knew. And, um, we partied pretty hard there. We, we showed, we showed Gigante a good time and did some, some catamaran trips and stuff. Anyways, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, one of the days me and Wes decide it's like one or two in the afternoon. We've already got a pretty good jag on already. And um, we, we hop in our motos and we fly about only about six, seven minutes away to this this kind of beach. It's not in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's off the path. And we go there and we're catching some wicked, wicked waves, body surfing, not not even with a surfboard. And we've got we just smoked a joint before we hop in the, in the ocean and, and, you know, and chuck some rum. Chased it with some probably didn't even chase it at that point. We were having a grand old time. Anyways, we're out in the ocean. We're having the greatest time. The waves are huge. We're, we're like, you know, just floating on top of the way, you know, having a grand old time. Anyways, that came to an abrupt end quickly. <laughs> um, I was a little deeper than Wes was. And all of a sudden, first time in my life, I didn't have control of my body. And it was because a fucking current, well, riptide, as they call her. And, um, man, oh, man, I could feel myself being sucked out. I tried to, like, you could touch bottom. Um, but it, it was getting harder and harder to stay in place. Well, and then all of a sudden it really, really kicked up and I was fucking scared. And they say, you know, the first number one rule of being caught in a riptide, don't panic, don't panic. Well, guess what? Easier said than done, right? Cause I fucking panicked. I was scared shitless. So we would say I'm a strong ass swimmer. So I head down and just start trucking it for land. Your brain just goes into automatic mode where it just wants to get to land ASAP. You follow? And I was scared. So I'm like, head down. I'm just like, finally ran out of breath. I look up. I was further away. And I had gone nowhere. In fact, the the current had pushed me out a little more. And and Wes, too. But Wes was kind of caught more to the side of it than I was, which I think was lucky for him. Now, at this point, folks, uh, now I'm really panicked. Cause I cannot, I can hardly breathe. Cause I, I am spent. It felt like I was swimming, you know, upstream at a million miles, and that the streams coming the other way is a million miles an hour, and it was, it was no bueno. Uh, I was scared. I really was scared. And I'm, you know, and now to to preface this, this nonsense, we're on this desolate beach. Like I said, there's nobody around. Like you could see down the beach for miles, and we were the only two there. Our motos, our backpacks, and our towels sitting there, and that was it. Um, Man, and we could see shore. It was so close, but those riptides were something else and scary as shit. Well, like I said, I'd never been in one, and I fully panicked, even though you're not supposed to. But luckily, at some point, now at some point, Wes, we we managed. I get a little more sideways, 
and I'm just trying to keep my head afloat. And it the, the water is like rushing, like it's sucking you under and out. Now, Wes has got a bit more feet in the ground than I do, and he managed, we managed to grab, he grabs my hand, okay? Um, after a few attempts, I've got his hand now, and he's trying to pull me, and it's almost like doing counter, but, but good, I guess. I'm, I'm pulling him more to danger than he's pulling me to safety. Well, you know, by the grace of God or whatever you want to call it up there, uh, Wes just kind of dug in. I, I tried to bury my feet in as, as much as I could, and we just, we just somehow got enough to the side of it where between the two of us, we could force our way out of it. And <laughs> I'll never forget, you know, you get to the water where you could crawl on your hands and knees. It's shallow enough. Um, and like, I've never been so fucking tired in my entire life. Now, Wes is way more fit than I am, too, and he was spent. So we like we literally crawled on our hands and knees to shore um, and just collapsed, obviously, out of, out of the way of the water, choking us to death. But just I remember laying there on my back, just completely and utterly exhausted. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired right now and huffing and puffing from telling the story. It was like it was that intense. And, and I was scared shitless. I've uh, never, ever had anything like that happen. And we laid there. I bet you if I, now it all happened so fast too, but I bet you we laid there for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes without saying a word to each other. It was just so surreal and, and exhausting and scary and all that stuff in one. And then, you know, finally it was like, I remember reaching out to him and we kind of hold hands and we're like, whoo, fuck bro. That was close. Eh? Oh, just these big smiles come across our face and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> We made it. And it was like nobody even there to like, you know, hey, did you did you fuckers see that? We almost died. It was like there was nobody. So we just sell it. We I think we grabbed another joint in the bottle of rum and just oh, I think we each had our own bottle and kind of clinked and chugged a whole bunch of rum and we were like, whoa. I think we sat there for probably a good another half hour and we're just like just kept saying wow over and over. Like we almost were were the Pacific Ocean's lunch. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. It it almost took both of us. Anyways, it's pretty wild. Now we think back about it. We laughed, obviously, that night about it. And it's funny once it's, you get out of complete horror and danger. Um, But, you know, we laughed and we were like, but we were scared. You know, it definitely scared the shit out of us. We're like, holy fuck. You know, next time we, we learned our lesson, his wife gave us a fucking tongue lashing. Don't you ever do that again. You don't even tell me where you're going. Rah, what the hell? Don't you ever do that again. I was worried sick. Anyway, so we we won't and <laughs> didn't do that again. Um, but yeah, we sure as hell laughed about it, and we're like, man, oh man, that thing—it's a that ocean's one powerful monster, and you know, here one second, gone the next, and you know, people—it's scary to think that people could have found our fucking our motorbikes and our backpacks, and that would have been it, um, man. But isn't it wild that one year later, almost to the day, her husband, the girl that saved my life, legit. And got me to that hospital in time. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. Um, her husband <laughs> ends up saving my ass from being lunch in the Pacific Ocean. I, I just It was crazy. So we laughed about that, of course, too. So now I both owe them a gratitude of debt for forever and ever. Amen. Uh, but yeah, crazy, crazy stories. Jesus Christ. So I kid you not. Here's what happens like two days later. So... <laughs> Me and Buddy almost get sucked out to the Pacific Ocean and never to be seen again. Um, and then I almost turned into fried sausage from the inside out. So 
after after almost dying and getting sucked out to sea, me and Wes and yeah, there's a bunch of us there that we were on a bender. I'm not gonna lie. We were we were partying really, really good. The rum was flowing, the the weed was, you know, being smoked and excuse me, whatever else was going around. We were we were having a grand old time. And Sally and life that was almost stolen from us two days ago. So anyways, about the third or fourth day, I think it was two or three days later, after almost getting sucked out to sea, we, uh, I, it was later after in the afternoon and I was, I was wandering around outside on the beach, which we lived like literally on uh, across the street. And I say street, I mean like a fucking dirt road that only holds one car can get by at a time. Uh, I guess I was wandering around on the beach, on the water there and, uh, <laughs> I don't remember anything else after that. Uh, I guess they found me and I was right by my buddy's bar, which is just a couple of, you know, maybe like three or four houses down from our, uh, from our house. And, um, I was, I don't remember. I didn't remember my name. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, uh, I, it turns out I was in complete, um, having heat stroke and, um, I was super, super dehydrated. Now, the water intake was was definitely minimal. Obviously, I mean, we were really partying late, late, late nights, up early in the morning doing God knows whatever, like whether it be yoga on the beach or surfing or fucking who knows. We all did something different, but um, <laughs> uh, we were having a great time, and I just, you know, water wasn't in the um, my, my choice to beverage. So I, I fucking the first time ever, and I, I didn't know what was happening. But turns out I was burning from the outside, inside out. And um, so they pumped me full of like Gatorade and water and making me drink it like literally. And uh, so then, you know, they sit me down and I, I kind of snap to a little bit and, and kind of understand where I am. And then so we, they take me back to my cabin, which is just like I said, a four or five houses down. And they put me in this hammock on the on the outside. We had this beautiful porch, huge hammock. So I'm laying in there and they got me. They got me covered in, in like ice packs and stuff at this point. Um, so I bet there's a there's a field medic that lived very close by. He was an ex field medic in the army. Uh, so this dude knew what he was doing. Uh, he really did, and he took great care of me. And uh, he got everybody to get their sheets off their beds, and they soaked them in water and put them in the freezer. <laughs> well, at first I was like, "What the fuck are you doing that for?" Uh, turns out that it was to wrap my sorry ass in, uh, because I was basically burning from the inside out, which was really dangerous. Your organs can um, they get to a temperature and they can literally fry, <laughs> literally, and um, that's what was happening to me slowly but surely. And I, uh, I was pretty sick, man. Fuck, I was throwing up and I was dizzy and just disoriented and. I couldn't pee. There was nothing to come out. There was nothing to piss out, you know. So even after all that uh, fluids that I took in, my body was just soaking it all in to try and stay alive. Um, so then, you know, they were getting pretty concerned. And we're, we're about two hours from Managua, which is the nearest, like, big major hospital, which what I which I needed to probably get to at some point. Um, so then it, it's dark out now. It gets dark there about 6 o'clock uh, every single day. And they had this grand idea to take me in the ocean to cool my body down. Now, sounds like a good idea and stuff, and the water wasn't even that cold. But, you know, at night, it's darker now, and it's a little cooler. But my biggest problem was I'm fucking terrified. Terrified <laughs> of the of the ocean at nighttime. I'm terrified of it in the daytime, let alone fucking nighttime, where, where you can't see shit for shit, your hand in front of your face. Well, two things happened. Thank God it was like a full moon, and you could get some wicked moonlight. Uh, the second was, and now I'm actually glad I did this because you got that bio bioluminescence, 
was was happening. And when you're swimming in the ocean there, everything around you just lit up and it was all like glowy and stuff. Well, that was cool for about 30 seconds. And then I realized I'm in up to my neck in the dark sea. And I know the shit that lurks in this dark sea. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. I was freaking the fuck out. Um, I had to get out. Uh, like, I literally ran to shore. I, I couldn't take it anymore. My brain was having a complete meltdown. It was like, no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. Get me out of here. I can't see what's below me. I'm going to get eaten by something. If something even remotely touched me, I would have I had a heart attack right then and there. I'm not even kidding. I, 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 can't, like, I can't even do ocean in the day. I'm not a huge fan of it, uh, let alone at nighttime, okay? So anyways, so that didn't really work. Um, I'm back in the hammock. I'm wrapped in these fucking ice sheets. Now, folks, I wish this upon no one. It was so goddamn cold on the outside, you know, to touch. But when you touched me, I was still roasting hot. But I was freezing, and it sucked. But there's nothing you could do. I had to lay in these ice blankets because I was still, like, cooking internally. Long story, not boring. It was pretty exciting and crazy. But, you know, everybody's partying all around me. They're doing fucking blow cane. They're doing acid and mushrooms and partying. It was, I don't even know what the day of the week it was. It was always Saturday there. Anyways, but the field medic was doing a great job, really did take amazing care of me. And there was even whispers at some point of sticking tubing up my ass um, and then uh, flushing out my innards with uh, cold water so that it would internally be like an internal cooling bath, if you will. Uh, it was either that or go two hours to the hospital and, and deal with that uh, traveling and all that nonsense and, and then dealing with a fucking hospital in Managua that I was warned I didn't want to do. <coughs> so we were pretty close to doing the Emina, uh, Emina thing with the cold water flush, whatever. But thankfully, God damn it, thankfully I started to pish. And and fluids started coming out of me, and my temperature started to drop internally. So, uh, great news! I didn't have to have tubing. I don't even know where this tubing was coming from. So, <laughs> I don't know if I was new out of a package or if it was like, where do you get tubing in the middle of the fucking jungle and in this middle little tiny surf town that didn't even have a a fucking paved road. Anyways, it turns out I didn't have to have the tubing up me bum. <laughs> it's a cold water uh, flush, and uh, I started to come around. It took. It took a good three or four days to fully come around to feel back to normal. Uh, I remember the next day still, you know, chilling, not doing anything, um, really laying low, still tons of Gatorade, tons of electrolytes and water, uh, light on the food, you know. Um, it was a shitty experience. I wish that upon no one. So wear your sunscreen, drink tons of water, folks, and wear your wear your hat or whatever, too. <laughs> oh, but live and learn, eh? I mean, Jesus Christ. It was a, it was a scary time. You know, at one point, I didn't know. I smelt weird. Like, I was cooking from the inside. It's like, what? Damn, buddy, what the fuck you smell like, dude? You're rotten on the inside, bro. Uh, that and just being covered in ice blankets for six hours straight was was no fun. It really was not a good time. Um, you know, everybody's partying around. You're having a great old time. And you're sitting there freezing to death on the outside. And burning to death on the inside. <laughs> the weirdest, the weirdest sensation and feeling I've ever had, uh, hands down. 
Thanks again to everybody that was had a helping hand in getting me through that that six hours. It was pretty crazy. Uh, but we got through it. And, uh, you know, like I said, no tubing had to be inserted at me bumhole. So that was the best part of the whole story. And uh, so I think two days later, uh, do, 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 Wes and I, Wes, me and um, Nat, all took off to Granada to chill out for a couple of days and get away from the madness that was Ugante at the time. Even though it was a quaint, quaint quiet little little village if you will oh, some good partiers there and at that time that was the place it was like the hidden secret you know it was the place to be and uh it was very close-knit and, and tight-knit community and people all got along there and had good times and the backpack of the cool backpackers would would roll in and work there for a while and stay because it was that cool of a little town um, it's definitely changed now since the political uprising there a couple of years ago. And now with COVID, it's, um, I got some great friends that still live there and I, I look forward to, I'm definitely going back, uh, potentially even maybe living there one day. Um, you know, maybe not forever, but to go, maybe go there in the new year, uh, and do some recording and just chill out in a nice little, little place somewhere right on the ocean. Who knows? But it really was a wonderful, cool little town with, with some crazy memories. I almost died twice there. But I really do. Yagante has a definitely a special place in my heart. And I look forward to going back there. Uh, what else? So, yeah, then we go to Granada. Granada's a cool, old school, old, school, old, old, old school um, colonial uh, town, if you will. Old, old buildings everywhere. Old churches. Very colorful and bright. Um it's pretty, pretty cool to, to see. And uh, I was there at a good time. This was, this was pre-political uprising, which happened a year later. And it was a bustling, bustling little little place. Uh, quite, a, quite a few things to do. You know, you check out these old churches, uh, all these old buildings and stuff. All the hostels and, like, hotels were, you know, like I said, colonial style. And, and really cool. Like, very gardeny on the inside and, like, open concept. But then your rooms are enclosed in, you know what I mean? Really, really cool. Um, and then we went to, do, 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 we went and toured all around, went to the volcano there, Volcano Messiah, the one you can drive right up to the top and, and peek down into it and see the bubbling, flowing lava. And that was pretty magical to be up there. And that was the one, yes, if uh, you're listening, that was the one Nick, Nick Wienda or Wienda or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, just crossed that volcano on a tightrope. I was living there at the time, too. This was just past uh, 2019, and a bunch of us wanted to go. Uh, we had all the, all the we had plans to go. We, were, we wanted to check this out and see uh, potentially a dude fall into a bu live bubbling volcano below us. Um, but, of course, no visitors were allowed, which sucked, and we couldn't go. But we watched it on TV like everybody else. <sighs> we all thought we was doing it without a harness. And we thought that'd be way cooler because, yeah, you know, what if it can get definitely it could get super windy up there and a the guy could have been fucking blown off and into that, you know, the boiling lava below. But the fucking guy had a harness on the whole time. I think he wasn't allowed to do it without the harness, but they totally the way we all took it and the way they promoted it was he was doing it without a harness, you know. So it kind of sucked when he when he was like it just took all the. You know, the, 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 the what's the word I'm looking for? It's just the oomph out of it, you know? It just wasn't the same. Watch it. I could have fucking done it on a harness, Christ's sakes. Like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have made it the whole way without falling, but I would have been fine. Even if I fell, there's no like, ooh, ooh, he fell. Big the fucking deal. He's hanging from a thing that's going to save his life. There was no, there was just no spectacle to it. Kind of sucked, actually. 
Anyways, it was cool to see something that I've been to a few times with uh, different friends over the years of going to Nicaragua and uh, checking it out. I've been there a day in the day and at nighttime, and they were both equally as magical. Very cool to see it at nighttime, uh, just because it's so you know glowing and lit up, and uh, you can hear the more roar at night. It seems more quieter, but it's cool to see it in the daytime too to get the full perspective because it's uh, it's dark up there. Um, you know, they keep it dark up there for a reason. So you get the full kind of glowing perspective of the volcano, which can be seen from miles around. And, um, anyways, great experience. Loved it there. And, um, so after, after the volcano and then the next day we, we'd say our goodbyes. Actually, I said goodbye to Wes and Nat and Bozo here <laughs> after almost dying twice in a week. Uh, I decided to take off to an island of all places that have two ginormous volcanoes on them. And I'm going to go tour this island by myself. Now, I've done, I've traveled before by myself, obviously, and uh, I wasn't really scared at all. But <laughs> the thing is, when I got over to the island, I had a couple of places that I was told to go to. And these are pretty far from where you, it's a, uh, sorry, I rented a motorbike when I got over there. Excuse me. And I get over to this island and it's, um, pick up the motorbike right and i drove about an hour and 45 minutes to this this hotel hostel kind of deal and it was beautiful beautiful place it's called the congos and um congos hotel i think and it had a beautiful view of the lake and you had no view of the volcano though but anyways i stayed there one night and then the next night i went down the street to another place that was highly recommended to me called oh shit come on i'm gonna pause this so i can think of it goddamn omaha Oh, I can't believe I, I could not think of it. As soon as I Googled it and then I Googled the island, which I was on, called Ometepe, um, before I even looked, I saw it. Or, or I mean, it came to me. Uh, do, 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 do. I can't believe it. Anyways, great place, Omaha. Beautiful. Uh, each each one, it's not a hotel. It's like a, there's a mini cabins, if you will. And they all overlook the, the lake with a gorgeous view. And then you've also got a view of a volcano as well in the background. And man, oh man, one of the coolest, coolest places I've ever been to in my life. Um, where are we here? Sorry, football Sunday. My fucking Packers, five and one. Against the low-life fucking Vikings, who are one in five, okay? The Packers are losing. Can he, like, I just can't, I don't understand football sometimes. Anyways, enough of football. And back to the island. Um, so the next, I get settled in at, at Omaha. Beautiful place. Wonderful person. Uh, great chef there named Peter as well, if you're ever there. Uh, I think he's still there. Tell him Bonds he sent you. And um, so the next day I get on my motorbike and I go, I go venturing. So first, early in the morning, I hike up uh, part of this volcano that you, I'm on the backside of the volcano and you hike up to this waterfall, okay? Well, I decided to do this hike by myself. It's two two hours, give or take, about an hour and a half, two hours, and uh, depend, depending how fast you hike. Anyways, I was in semi-decent semi shape then, but uh, I'd also almost just died uh, four or five days ago, so I was a little apprehensive, but I did it, and I'm super thrilled I did it, and it wasn't as hard as I thought the first time. The second time I did it was way harder with my son. <laughs> I think last year, we were 2018, we did it. Uh, I'll tell you that another time. But uh, So I make, it, I make it up there, which was all fine and dandy and stuff, uh, alone, and I was kind of scared. So like the first, I'm going to say 45 minutes to an hour on this hike up this this volcano 
I didn't see a goddamn soul. <clears throat> I had my knife on the ready. Um, one of the craziest things was I did this. I did this stupid hike without a. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I shouldn't even tell the story because some people are gonna kill me for it. But I did it without my um, EpiPen. I forgot it. Uh, how do you forget your EpiPen? Well, because I never carried one until the year before, and and I just forgot it. So the whole time I'm begging and praying that I didn't get stung. Um, climbing this volcano by myself by a by a wasp or a bee, and secondly, I didn't want to see snakes or spiders or anything because I I don't, I don't do well with those. Period. Anyways, uh, things went really well. The first people I saw were a lovely Irish couple. They were on their way down, and they're like, "Hey, you're you're about halfway there, maybe maybe forty five minutes to go." And I'm like, "Oh, cool, thanks so much." And uh, they said, "Oh, it's worth it. The waterfall's flowing. You know, it was cool." So. I got up there and there was there was definitely more people up there than than I saw the whole time. But uh, they all kind of like because I got there, I guess. I guess at a I was to me it wasn't really a weird time, but I guess it was a later time because it was later in the morning and by the time you get up there it was at so people were leaving, and I stayed up there and frogged around for probably an hour hour and a half. Well, turns out I was the last fucker up there. <laughs> I didn't even know. And um, this is twice twice now I've been. Me and Brad were the only people left up there when uh, when we came down. And that story was pretty scary, too. We, Well, both times on my way down, I got lost. Now, by, when I, by saying lost, I was not really lost. I just missed a turn. And because, I, you know, you can take these rocks down, kind of follow the where if it was in rainy season, it would be the, the water would be pummeling down there. But it was dry season. So it was um, it wasn't as as uh, flowing. And you could you could. There's a good portion where you could hike the rocks, and it was a way cooler climb and descend. So, anyways, I fucking missed the turn the first time. And I got a little panicked because this shit was starting to not look the same. Um, anyways, I was like, okay, you know, don't panic, don't panic, bro. Tons of daylight left, you know, the first time I was there. And uh, so, anyways, I doubled back, and I found the cutoff, and all, all was well. So, and like I said, tons of daylight. So, I get on the motorbike, and I go, I decide to go left instead of going back right towards the hotel because I'm not that far. So I thought, well, I've probably got enough time to circle around the whole entire, not the entire volcano, but but around where that I could circle back around and come to where I was staying. <laughs> now, again, I'm all alone. I'm on an island that's an hour boat ride from the mainland, and there's not a fucking white person for miles and miles and miles. And what do I do? I continue on my motorbike with my ear buds in and smoke a joint. And I just toodle along. And I keep riding and riding and riding. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of goddamn nowhere at this point. Like, there's no, now there's no, like, not variety stores, but, you know, like, potpourri as they call them. And, like, they were, there was nothing. There was, like, no people there was the odd house here and there. And then you come out across this little village that they lit like literally, I must have felt like I had leprosy because they were all staring at me. They're like, what in the holy hell is a white boy on a motorbike doing all the way out here? Miles. Like you couldn't get any further. I swear to Christ. You couldn't get any further on a map from where the ferry was to where I was. And now it was starting to get dusky, if you will. <laughs> Oh, uh, and I had, to, you got two choices of what you can do. Well, 
my the choices were a, a keep going and fucking hightail and making and I didn't even know what I'd never been out there obviously so I didn't even know what kind of terrain I was gonna come across I didn't know how the road was gonna go, um, and I really didn't know how far it really was to the point where the road would circle back like meet the road that would bring me back to the hotel you know what I mean come full full circle kind of deal. <sighs> So I'm on my phone. I got no fucking data, obviously. There's no Wi-Fi anywhere. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. And luckily, I was able to bring up my map where I was the blue dot. Now, it didn't, I couldn't, it just really didn't give me a clear indication of how far I really needed to go to get to, if I kept going, how long it would be. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I got to go back. And going back was scary too, because I had all these crazy people looking and staring at me so weird and be like, they're probably thinking, oh, wait, Gringo's going to come back this way. Probably, probably. We'll be ready for him this time, right? This this is what's going through my head because I'm I'm scared. <laughs> I probably had no right being that deep in the jungle on this island uh, all by myself. Uh, probably not one of the smarter things I've done. Now, there's reasons I did. Like I, I was never, I was already been in Nicaragua for 14 days at this point. I wasn't scared of the people or the culture. Uh, so I really didn't have anything to be afraid about. And I'd never heard any horror stories of being over on the island and stuff either. So I didn't. I still didn't really feel calm, but I uh, I was definitely scared. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was more like kind of panicked uh, because it was getting dark was my biggest fear. So I just decided, okay, um, you know, I'd stopped all along the way to get to this point. I'm a big photo guy. So I was taking... And a lot of the trip was along the water. Like, you know, so there's some fucking wicked. And you see wild pigs, wild horses, uh, abandoned houses, you know, just all sorts of crazy stuff. So got some great pictures up. So now I made the decision. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not, I can't keep going forward because that's the unknown. At least where I came from, I have an inkling of how far, how long it would take me if I fucking hightailed it uh, without stopping like Mr. Photographer uh, Extraordinaire this time. So I was like, yeah, and, and like, let's not make eye contact with anybody, you know, and just keep an eye out for tripwires and just just fucking race back like it's a fucking indie. So I did. Um, I got some weird looks again, definitely. They're like, ah, oh, I knew it. Oh, crazy gringo's back. He he got scared, couldn't make it all the way around, uh, and I couldn't. I was too scared. Anyways, I made it. I made it back at dark. Um, but at least the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the trip, I knew where I was, um, because it was out where the, uh, where the, where the volcano was at the part where you hiked the waterfall. <laughs> so I get back and I was like, well, I smoked a big old joint then too. I was like, holy shit. That was kind of fucking scary too. Like, what do you, like, there's times where I, like after the things happen to me while I was telling mom, 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 mommy travels, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Like, you are legit bona fide goddamn crazy. If my parents knew half the shit that happened on these trips, they would kill me. They'd probably, old Sarge would fly to wherever I was, grab me by the ear like the old school days and drag me home. Gregory Scott, you bloody well know better. You get your ass on right now for acting like a complete fool. She wouldn't have been wrong either. (laughs) Right? Holy shit. 
Anyways, that was a really cool trip. Spending, I think I spent four days on the island by myself, and they were pretty wild. Uh, especially the, um, you know, the in these cabins, the the one night at Congo and, the, and then the other night at Omaha, they didn't have Wi-Fi in the rooms, so you can only sit out on the, you know, like the Wi-Fi porch area for so long before. Um, you know, bugs and stuff get too bad or, you know, you just want to go down to your own cabin or whatever and hang out. So uh, amazing time, though. No regrets and love touring it uh, all by myself on a motorbike. <sighs> went to, uh, like I said, hiked that waterfall. Also went to this beautiful um, kind of hot springs, but it wasn't really hot. It was it was a natural springs, but it was like it was like a pool, if you will. And it was like medium temperature. Uh, and they had this way, swing rope that you could swing on and leap into the water. It's pretty cool stuff. Anyways, uh, some some great experiences on that island all by myself for sure. And traveling around it, not really knowing where you're going on a bike and just being in the that unknown. Pretty awesome stuff. There was definitely times where I stopped and reflected and was like, man, fuck, you've been through some shit and, and you still are. But but look at you. Look what you're doing. You're like, good for you, dude. Um, anyways, I'm super proud of those times. And I, and I look back with, um, with fo very fond memories. And, uh, and then it was amazing, amazing, amazing to go back two years, a year later with, with my son, Brad, and do the same trip to, to, uh, to the Island with him, Ometepe. We stayed at, uh, Omaha, the, the, the cabin thing. We stayed there two, I think two nights. And uh, we hiked that waterfall. Now on the way down, this was later in the day even. <laughs> and we got, well, I missed that turn again. And um, this time it was getting way uh, later in the day. And, I, and even I was starting to get panicked. And fucking, I remember Brad was, Brad was a little upset with me for a hot minute. Like you could hear it in his voice. He was definitely scared. His voice was cracking like with that fear. And, and he's like, dad, this is no fucking joke now. Like I'm, I'm scared. Like what the hell did you do? You got us lost. Like dad. Like he was mad. Anyway, so we we buckled back around and and again I found it like I did before and <laughs> we made it back down to uh, to where the motorbike was and uh, yeah it was, that one was definitely a little scarier than uh, than the first trip being lost even though I was lost alone this one I think just because I was like this time I brought my son into this fucking predicament that <laughs> that we were in and I was like, "Ah oh, shit. It's not just me now. Now I got to be responsible. I got to save my son's life here." So, and we got out of it and we look back now and laugh about it uh <laughs> big time. It's it comes up a lot, but uh you know, we look back and laugh and at least you know, we made it safe and sound. So, Ah, uh, the joys of traveling alone. I got, I got so many more stories for you, folks. I'll, I'll definitely, as the Bondcast progress, I will definitely um, tell you some more crazy stories. I've, I've got crazy stories of being lost, not lost in this jungle, but um, we were about an hour into this jungle and we, we jumped into this lagoon, and I fuck it. One time, uh, I carried my license, my bank card, and my license, uh, uh, credit card on me at the same time. Well, you can imagine what happens. Poof, gone. Jumped off this cliff, pocket opens, bye-bye little mini wallet. Anyways, I'll tell the story of that on another podcast of what happens and how it almost completely ruined my Costa Rica trip. About Only about 10, 12 days into a two-month trip. <laughs> and yeah, I'll give you a whole bunch of more travel safety tips and do's and don'ts of what to do when traveling alone or uh, you know, even with friends and stuff. Because I've been doing it for quite a few years now, and uh, I've pretty much had 
had it all happen to me. No, I shouldn't say that. Thankfully and luckily, knock on wood, um, I have never been robbed. Uh, God, and, and I could imagine it's a terrifying experience. Okay, so that's a lie. I've never been robbed where I've been robbed face to face. I've been robbed whilst I slept and the little fucker was right beside me and actually took my iPad that was right, right beside my ear, like my, my, my head. So, um, and I woke up, I woke up as he was running out of the room. <laughs> so I have been robbed, but I've never been accosted or robbed like on a street or been beaten up on my travel. So I'm thankful for that. But uh, tons more story coming up in future Boncasts. Thank you guys so much for watch, uh, listening, watching. Thanks so much for listening. I, I hope these have kept you entertained. Plenty more stories to come, like I said. And listen, the next one's going to be on microdosing. I am three full weeks into microdosing now. I have really noticed a big difference. And uh, after three full weeks, this is my weekend. I, you take two days off. So I always take Saturday, Sundays off. And then I'll start back on uh, on the regiment tomorrow, week four. So I'll do the, the next podcast will be uh, fully on microdosing. I'll give you all the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts, uh, the benefits, the pros and cons. And um, hopefully we can have a special guest on too. But uh, we'll see because there's so many celebrities doing them now and just uh, police officers, firefighters, uh, you know, ex-soldiers and stuff. The benefits are aplenty. They certainly are. And I will share all mine with you coming up on a future Bondcast. All right. Uh, that's it. Quick shout out uh, before I say goodbye to my sponsor. Uh, sponsors, thank you guys so much. Um, you guys have been a tremendous. This is uh, number four now. So this would be... Uh, Potentially would be your last one unless you want to sign up for another run. But uh, here we go. So it is. Um, no, that's not true. You get a, you get you get eight in a month. So sorry, you're only halfway through. But scramble clothes, scrambleclothes.com, www.scrambleclothes.com. Check them out, folks. Christmas is coming. That's scramble with a K, by the way. Um, Christmas is coming, man. It's it will be here before you know it. We just had Halloween yesterday. Um, now it's it's American Thanksgiving or is, is rat-a-tat-tatting on the door. And then, boom, Christmas is here, yo. So get your orders in now. Uh, I can't stress this enough because you don't want to fucking be on pins and needles waiting to see if your goddamn package arrives on time. And don't fucking blame me because I told you time and time again, I've been telling you for two weeks now, get your orders in now. www.scrambleclothing.com amazing wares for if you're into golf if you're into surfer or beach wear they've got it all for you folks uh it's hoodie season where we're just getting right into it now uh they got amazing hoodies they got t-shirts they got golf shirts of course for the uh your the golf lovers and your family we got stickers we got sunglasses we have tons of hats as well so many things to choose from folks go check it out on their website um you can also follow them on instagram they're always showing their wares Cool golf stuff, uh, surf stuff as well. So that's at Scramble Clothing. Um, check them out on Instagram. And then also at Scramble House of Golf. Check those guys out on Instagram as well. Again, Scramble with a K. And they just opened the Scramble House of Golf in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the place is uh, every video I've seen of it so far on his Instagram stories. The place is packed. 
day and night. So good for him. Congrats to you guys. You've done an amazing job. You, you really smashed together a beautiful uh, facility in 90 days, complete with bunkers, state-of-the-art putting facility with the um, the new technology where it shows you the lines and stuff and, uh, you know, your brakes and everything. So amazing, amazing stuff. And then they got like six or seven, maybe even eight uh, booths where you can choose uh, to play kind of – well, you can play 18 holes of golf. Uh, or you can play different kind of games or just go to the, the the driving range on the screen and smash balls and work on your, you know, your target practice and stuff like that. So, so much to do. So many options at the Scramble House of Golf in Pennsylvania. So check those dudes out. And like I said, check them out on Instagram and Facebook as well. Okay. Um, again, I'm warning you, don't miss out on Christmas, folks, and get your shipping done now. www.scrambleclothing.com. I've got my packages on the way already because I'm smart. So be like, be smart like Bonzi. Okay. Thanks again, everybody for watching. I hope you had an amazing Halloween and listen, you have a great rest of the week and another bond cast will drop soon. I love you all. You take care, love one another, uh, wear those masks. Cause I guess they say you got it right now. It's, it's the law and wash your hands and be safe. Okay. Love you and take care of one another. Pip pip. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek to help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy catch us on, on the dean, dean blundell, blundell network. network or on our youtube channel or wherever you get your podcasts because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do the podcast super friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers hi i'm Catherine o'brien from branch out programs in baton rouge louisiana i'm john gay from jagged detroit podcasts i'm matt cundle from the sound off podcast network i'm david yes from pod 617 the boston podcast network and I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.